so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. So I need to tell you that I have failed my own wallet. That's right. I'm Clark, and I wasted money. So our neighborhood recently got one gig service, which is uh, the very fast internet service that had never been available in our area. We had always had what is considered to be pokey slow internet service. So the one gig's available. I sign up for it. Everything's working fine. Um, Speed tests show that we're not getting even... Uh, right where the service comes in, we're not getting one gig. But we're paying for that. But that's a different issue. About something that I am embarrassed to share with you, the Wall Street Journal did an in-depth test of home internet service and found that we don't need ultra-fast internet. And they compared... Over and over again, even situations with tests where they did this test over months and they did it in coordination with Princeton University and University of Chicago. And they found that the internet we're buying and we're paying higher fees for faster service, we do not need. In fact, they could not find a circumstance. Where in a home, you needed faster than internet running at 100 megabits a second, that you don't need anywhere near the tiers of service that we've been buying because we've been excited about it. This is all Google's fault, by the way, because Google many years ago in Kansas City started running gigabit fiber. And they were going to do Google Fiber around the country, and they ended up pulling the plug on most of it. But they created this sense in people's minds that you needed this one gig service. And they were selling it for less than what people were paying for pokey slow internet. That's how Google does things. But anyway, they made their point And particularly cable companies around the country, terrified of Google, ran out and installed technology that would allow them to run one gig service to people's homes. Well, it turned out we didn't need one gig service, according to this research done by the professors and by the Wall Street Journal, that we are absolutely fine at much, much lower speeds. And so they were running in these homes, they'd be running seven devices at once, doing multiple video streams, all different kinds of things, and we didn't need it. I mean, there are specialized uses in business, specialized things people may be doing in a home where you need more robust internet. But then I started thinking about producer Kim, who gets her internet on her phone and consumes massive amounts of video content. And 
her connection through her cell phone carrier doesn't get you an ultra-fast internet connection, but you have never had the first issue or problem with buffering or anything like that. The video is just fine, right? Right-ish. Right-ish? Where am I wrong-ish? One provider that I use, Hulu, that um, it doesn't work on my phone. They say it's my phone's too slow. For Hulu? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. I don't know. There could be some battle going on behind the scenes between your cell phone provider and Hulu. There's been that, uh, there's been a lot of beef about uh, people that are on Verizon cell phones have been having problems watching uh, YouTube TV as an example that, that who knows what's going on behind the scenes between Verizon and YouTube. But other than that, you have watched without any issues, right? Absolutely. And we're talking about a much slower connection on your smartphone than even a moderately speeded internet in your home. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to reduce the internet that we're buying in our home. Because if the one gig is unnecessary for anything I'd be doing, why in the world would I pay for it? I feel dumb. Andrea is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Clark. So glad to talk to you. Well, great to have you here. And you are a generous soul. Oh, well, thank you. And first I have to say, my sister is going to be so jealous. She calls you her radio boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so my question is, I have three nieces and a nephew. Um, I want to set them all up with a starting retirement account when they turn 18. The first one's turning 18 this fall. So I want to start off with $1,000 and then do matching like two for one for the first couple of years and then bump it up after that. Um, and my question is, since I only want to start with $1,000, kind of, you know, what area to start with or company or if you have some good idea on funds. And sure, this is, so, this is so or? fantastic and so easy for you to do. Okay, good. So the 18-year-old, though, has to do some part-time work. Okay. Well, she works now at a library, and it's so funny because she said that she thinks the only reason they hired her is because she's tall enough to reach the upper shelves. Um, Oh, man, how tall is she? (laughs) Oh, just under six foot, but I guess everybody else is short. So I don't think she works enough to really qualify for a Roth. I didn't know about rolling over later on. No, every every dollar she earns is a dollar that qualifies her. So... Whatever she earns in a year, mm-hmm. you can do a match, and she can put in money up to whatever total she's earned in that year. Okay. So what would you I, I guess mean, she's going to earn? I would not be surprised if it's only a few hundred bucks. I mean, she's just not doing a whole lot, and she just started. Okay, so she could open a Roth IRA, or you could open a Roth IRA with her, can't do it at Vanguard, but you could do it at Fidelity or at Charles Schwab. Okay, Fidelity or Schwab, good. And both of them have ultra-low-cost fund choices available. Fidelity even has uh, four funds that have zero cost. Oh, good. 
So they're called Fidelity Zero Funds. So that's pretty simple. So you would be able to open it with the flexibility that whatever money she has made in a year, you could put that Mm -hmm. amount in a Roth. And then each year, whatever amount you want to put in uh, and whatever you want your niece or nephew to do, they can do it. And you don't have to wait till they're 18. As soon as any of them are working, mm-hmm. you can offer the aunt match. Okay. And um, you know what's great about re- the Roths? What's that? It doesn't hurt any of them for financial aid calculations for college. Oh, so if they had a regular investment one, that would be a problem. Exactly. Okay, I didn't even think about that. So that's where the Roths are such a great thing for you to do. And the way you explain it is this is money that is for their use 50 years from now, which to them you might as well tell them at their age that it's 5,000 years from now. (laughs) I know. I was going to print out compound interest tables for them uh, because I remember seeing a table. This is where I got the idea that if you save like 2000 a year from 18 to 25, you know, you'd end up with around a million by the time you retired, even if you didn't do any more. And it would be more than if you saved 2000 a year from 25 to 65. And I thought, well, I wish I'd done that. Yeah. So you are, a, you are a wonderful aunt, these kids, and they won't appreciate it now, but they will sure appreciate it later because you'll change their futures. Well, thanks. That's the plan. A lot better than just buying them toys that everybody else has already bought them when they were little. Right. And the other yes. thing is, if one of your nieces or your nephew earns a 1000 or more in a year, then mm-hmm. Vanguard is available to you. And you could open okay. a Vanguard Roth and put the money in the Target Retirement Fund. I guess you're the last one they'd have maybe is 2065 or something. Something like that, yes. Yeah. So, so that, Fidelity that be, has... Oh, sorry. So Fidelity has a variety of funds. They also now have a target retirement index fund. They have their regular target retirement funds. Then they have the target retirement index fund choice. Mm -hmm. You want the target retirement index fund choice if you go to Fidelity because their regular target retirement fund has expenses that I believe are too high. And their target retirement index fund choice is really reasonably priced for annual management fees. Okay. So, and there's no issues with me not being a parent with depositing money into their accounts. I mean, no, uh, they they own the account. They own the account uh, with a once they're 18 in most states is their account. You just give them the money, they put it in there. Okay. It, it, you know, it's Very really good. they're going to help you at whichever financial house you go to. They're not going to tell you why you can't do it. They're going to figure out how you can because they want those kids having accounts because wherever people tend to open their original investment account tends to be where they will heavily invest over their lifetime. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mike. Hi, Clark. Thanks for having me. Certainly, Mike. How can I serve you? Um, Well, my parents are 77 years old, and they're looking into buying into a continuing care retirement community. Um, They're currently in good health, but they're worried about future care. Sure. And they're having second thoughts about the community, basically because of the monthly fees 
going forward, which has started about $5,000 a month. Um, so my question is, can they buy long-term care at their age, or are there other options to secure long-term care? So in their late 70s, late 70s, it's tougher to buy long-term care if their health is great they no pre, serious pre-existing conditions they may be able to buy it but it's kind of late in the game to do so but i want to talk to you about a couple of things i am i want you to be ultra cautious and play the devil's advocate with your parents about buying into one of the continuing care facilities where they have the various stages of care and you buy in how many hundreds of thousands of dollars is their buy-in for the unit, it's three hundred and fifty thousand up front, which two seventy five goes back to the estate at their passing or when they leave. But there's another hundred thousand up front for the long term care. Wow. So this is obviously a rich people's issue because most people these kind of numbers are way outside the pale for them, especially with the ongoing monthly fees, which you have no guarantee those don't go up over time. And they said they would go up probably 3%. Well, that's not a promise. Correct. So I'll tell you my bias is to look around for a religious-affiliated continuing care community. The religious-affiliated ones, and you don't have to be part of the religion that they are, but the religious-affiliated continuing care facilities aren't going to be as elegant, but you're not going to have a buy-in, and they're going to be far more affordable. And if either of your parents ended up living an ultra-long time and needed extreme expensive care later in life, the religious-affiliated communities don't kick people out generally when they don't have enough money for what those high monthly costs would be okay so they you know the the fancy retirement communities are continually soliciting with very fancy brochures have very sophisticated sales operations and you're not going to find any of that with the religious based organizations you got to go seek them out you got to go look for them and find out what I would recommend for your parents is that you hire a geriatric care manager. Okay. There's a trade association for geriatric care managers. You can find one near them. You pay um, like you'd pay a lawyer or a, doc- or a doctor or accountant. You pay for their time to advise you. They evaluate your parents, what their needs are likely to be, and can recommend facilities for them. And yeah, they're, I mean, they're healthy and they, they can stay where they are right now. They have no debt. It's fine. They're just worried more about what happens, you know, down the road. Sure. Well, go read my briefing at Clark.com on geriatric care managers. And before they make a decision like this, doing this big buy-in and moving, I'd like for them to sit down with a geriatric care manager and get the idea of what options are available because there are a lot of other options besides writing these big checks. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com slash ask. 
Then producer Joel asks your question for you. Joel? Clark, Kevin's got a question. He says, Clark, my daughter is a freshman in college. We recently received a notification that she's been nominated for a membership in a National Honor Society. The catch is they would like us to pay money for this to be finalized. Sounds like a scam to me. What do you think? Well, scam's a strong word, but these are generally schemes to rip-offs. Occasionally, they would cross the line into a scam, which I don't... In this case, I don't really like the word scam because that would be a criminal enterprise. But I will tell you that these um, honor groups for supposedly outstanding high schoolers or college students almost always are vanity organizations. They recognize someone only for the purpose of getting money from them. And I would say pass on this. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Think about that. Ideas from me, keeping more of what you make. I mean, that's part of our mission statement is it's all about serving you so that you're empowered with knowledge. And there are times that you feel like the information I give is just way out there, is wrong is dumb or I miss part of the picture. That's why we have a forum for you at clark.com slash clarkstinks where you can post where you feel I need to go to Clark Reeducation Camp. And you can post your thoughts. Others can comment on them, agree, disagree with you, start their own thread about ways I can actually do what I do better. And once a week, producer Krista goes through your posts and shares highlights with you right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Hi, Clark. I'm a big fan. Love your podcast. You don't stink, but I wanted to give you an update. I just got back from a two-week trip to Japan. First time, and I loved it. I remember hearing, perhaps multiple times on your show, how Japan is a cash society and virtually nobody takes American Express. Well, perhaps it's been a little while since you've been to Japan, but I was pleasantly surprised with how many places did take credit cards. Additionally, more than half of those places took Amex, along with Diners Club and a host of other cards. My guess is that Square and other services are growing rapidly and a bit more brand agnostic. Thanks for all your help over the years. Phil from Glastonbury near Hartford, Connecticut. I hope you loved your trip to Japan. I've had the great privilege in my life to go to Japan four times, and it never seems to stop changing. Last time I was there, credit cards were pretty widely accepted along the eastern seaboard from Tokyo through Osaka, but elsewhere in the country, not as much. And I haven't been for four years, five years. So maybe credit card acceptance has become more common around the rest of Japan rather than just along that big population center from Tokyo to Osaka. Love the show. A truck driver asked about auto depositing into an individual 401k plan. I work for myself and have used T. Rowe Price in the past and now use Vanguard. Both companies allow you to auto-deposit money into a 401k without using bill pay. Additionally, Vanguard allows for Roth 401k accounts. 
Once you set up the account, a link to a separate website allows you to serve as the administrator of your account and deposits are handled there. Charles Schwab is great, but they require mailing a check. Thanks, Clark, and keep up the good work, Glenda. Glenda, thank you for that update. And the most important thing about what you've said, Glenda, is that it is now pretty easy for an individual, a self-employed individual, to set up your own ultra-low-cost 401k plan and to be able to have what's known as a self-employed or solo 401k and be able to contribute like somebody does who works for a big company. But the irony is a lot of times a solo 401k has lower overall costs than many of us are charged through an employer plan with a mid-sized company or smaller So it's a great development in the marketplace. Clark continues to talk about ways to cut cable, which I am in total agreement. The problem is he assumes we all have a great internet package. It is not much good getting a great package like Hulu when you cannot get a decent internet package. Clark needs to give us ways to get internet on the cheap. It seems, for example, that as cable companies lose customers, they just raise the rate and the cost of their internet service. Terry. Terry, you are right on the money. Let me tell you how people are handling this. And we had the stat recently on the show. I think it's one in five Americans now have discontinued having an internet connection in their home. What they're doing instead is they're relying upon the unlimited ability to watch video from their smartphone. So you may wonder, how does that work if you have a big TV in your house? Well, now you can have, I know it's not a perfect solution, but the easiest possible way is you have a cable that runs from your phone to your TV, or you use one of the wireless technologies that now exist, where your phone is your internet connection, your video connection, and your connection to your big screen TV also operates as essentially your remote for what you're watching, and then you completely cut the high cost of a home internet connection out of your budget, all you do is save money. Now, the one problem is a lot of the cell phone plans dumb down the video quality for what you get. And on a a big screen TV, the video will look pretty mediocre. Some of the cell phone plans allow higher quality streaming unlimited And if you are going to use an internet connection only from your smartphone to watch video, I suggest you select one of the plans that allows you a higher quality stream so that television looks good with the video you're streaming to it. You frequently discuss the financial advantage of buying a really old car and then driving said car until the wheels fall off. I believe you also use your producer Joel's experience of buying a car for next to nothing for his family to use. While I understand and agree with your mindset, I also think it prudent for you to mention to your listeners the shortfalls of buying a dated car, specifically the latest safety features they and their family will be missing out on. For example, auto emergency braking has been shown to reduce rear-end collisions by as much as 50%. Electronic stability control is responsible for saving thousands of lives each year. And this feature was only mandated starting in 2012. Of course, there have been other advancements in vehicle safety over the years, including structural integrity, advanced stage airbags, and so on. Keep up the great work, Chris. 
you are completely right. And there is a trade-off that is a very serious one when you go for a used vehicle that doesn't have modern safety features. And I think of an example where we have one of the vehicles that I know this makes us like really, really uh, out of it people. We have a minivan. You know, most people who drive minivans wear a mask so no one will recognize them driving a minivan. I'm a proud minivan owner. But anyway, we have a 2014 minivan and it doesn't have any of these modern safety features, which is especially interesting when you think about minivan buyers are the most obsessed with safety. So this is a hard area. The good news is that vehicles made in the last three years tend to have a lot of the features you're talking about, like automatic emergency braking. And Consumer Reports does a list every year geared towards teens that works really well for what you're talking about that is a list of vehicles that are not new but have a lot of the wonderful safety features you'd want a vehicle to have. I love your sh- the show and the advice you give out, but you're missing the mark when you give advice for people who want to use GPS outside of the country. There's an app on both Android and iOS called Here Maps that allows you to download an entire country to your phone so you don't have to worry about little sections within Google Maps and traveling outside of that downloaded section of map. Keep up the great work, and thanks for watching out for all of us, Andy. Andy, thank you for that suggestion. I'm not familiar with Here Maps. I will check it out and see how it works, because that may be something that I use the next time I leave the United States, thanks to you. And a couple of posts about this one. Hi, Clark. I love the show and all the valuable information you provide. However, I believe you misinformed a caller who asked whether she was entitled to EU flight delay compensation for her flight from the U.S. to London on a U.S. airline. While U.S. airlines are subject to regulation EC, and then they give the number, when they depart from the EU, pursuant to Article 31B of the regulation, flights to the EU are only covered when operated by a community carrier, i.e. a European airline. Therefore, unfortunately, the caller's flight on a U.S. airline from the U.S. to London is not eligible for compensation under the regulation. I was pretty surprised by this nuance when researching it for a friend a couple of years ago. I would still urge the caller to submit a consumer complaint via the USDOT's website, as I have previously been successful in obtaining some compensation from airlines by doing this. Lars. Lars, thank you. I'm stunned. I never knew that wrinkle that U.S. airlines are only covered flying from Europe, not to Europe. The significance we're talking about here is that in Canada and all across Europe, if an airline has a flight problem, you're eligible for significant compensation because you suffer so much disruption in your life when an airline doesn't deliver the product that was promised to you or the service that was promised to you. In the United States, because of the current corrupt culture in Washington, we don't have any form of proper consumer protection when you lay out big money for travel. And it's ridiculous that we don't. There were so many predictions about how it would destroy airline profitability in Europe when they went to having consumer protections, and it did nothing of the sort. And it's long overdue here in the U.S. One of the things that I believe in is reciprocity. 
you know, an airline, if you cancel your trip on all airlines except Southwest, you lose your money. And the difference is if the airline at any point decides to cancel the flight, it's like, ah, well, all they're required to do is give you your money back. Why what they have to do, what we have to do for them is not what they have to do for us, I don't get at all. John Kennedy said that a lot better than I did. Clark, when a mom asked you about career testing and counseling for her daughter, you discouraged her from pursuing this resource. You even encouraged her to use the first two years at university to try classes and find her interests. As a school counselor of 22 years, I could not say that you stink more than you do now. Your advice to go off to college where you'll be the first to say is so expensive is not the place to try out classes to find a career. Instead, kids should know what careers and majors are good matches for them well before they begin. You should have told this mother to inquire with her daughter's school counselor first to see what free resources are available. Aside from this, we love you. Thanks for all you do, Team Clark. Pete. Pete, thank you for your post. You know, I hear what you're saying, and this is what you live doing all the time. And there are kids who at 16, 17, 18, they're formed enough that it's pretty clear what they're going to be into and interested in. I just think that uh, kids mature at a slower rate generally than they used to, and it's a good while before they're formed enough to really know where they want to head. In addition, as the nature of work changes so much, I mean, over a 20-year period, most of the jobs that exist won't exist 20 years from now. I think that it's important that kids really seek out what they enjoy, and it takes a while for a lot of kids to figure that out. Thank you for your post, and I appreciate everybody's posts because we all learn together, and there are times I'm wrong on the facts. There are times that you may feel I'm wrong on the opinion, and I appreciate it so much because this show is not about me having the last word. It's about all of us helping each other. Mary is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mary. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Mary. It is such a pleasure to talk to you. I've been a listener, an avid listener and follower of your uh, good advice for many, many years. I'm so thrilled to be talking to you in person. Well, you were so kind to say that, and it's great to have you here. How can I be of service? Well, Clark, I've heard an awful lot about the new upcoming 5G network that we may or may not all be subjected to, and I've heard enough damaging news about it that I just wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what are the best and the safest search engines going to be now that it seems like Google uh, is associating with the Chinese company Huawei that apparently provides a lot of the components for the new 5G service. Oh, okay. I, All right. Thank I you. That this Thanks could for be saying damaging. that. All right. Let's talk. Yeah. So uh, Huawei is not supplying the backbone for 5G networks in the United States. In other countries, yes. But in the United States, because of national security concerns, Huawei equipment is not the heart and soul of our 5G. Even if there are small components involved, I've not read any national security concerns about the Red Army or the Chinese communists being able to spy on us through the 5G backbone in the U.S. 
So I I wouldn't worry necessarily about that. And 5G is actually going to be a great thing. It's going to be a very haphazard and gradual rollout, market by market and company by company. But it's going to provide a very reliable, fast internet service that will also provide great competition to the hammer lock that cable monopolies have on internet service around the U.S. So I think uh, 5G is going to be a good thing, not a bad. Well, that's so good to hear because I've, you know, I've I've been a little, uh, little scared of what it, what it's going to be, you know, doing to us and and how invasive it's going to be. So perhaps 5G. uh, So let me say this: 5G is just a faster protocol for data to move across wireless networks. It by and of itself is not in any way a intrusive mechanism or a spying tool mm-hmm. so i uh, wouldn't well, i wouldn't worry along those yeah. lines you brought up a well, second thing though and that's wanting a different did you say a search engine yes i i, I want an alternative to google because I, I i dislike the fact that google apparently is is so monopolistic and you know i always go to google it's just the go-to search engine so what what other good options that are safe can you recommend? So I recommend DuckDuckGo. Wow. You say that again, duck like a duck that quacks? Yeah. DuckDuckGo. G-O. Yes. And you can wow. add DuckDuckGo uh, to your browser. You go If you go to DuckDuckGo.com, you'll see how to use it regularly. And it is a very good search tool for your phone or for your computer and Mm -hmm. it does all kinds of privacy protocols to protect you and not run around and track you everywhere and everything you do oh that is brilliant that is just brilliant what a good suggestion so know that that there are various privacy issues we face but as far as 5g being one of them Mary, don't worry about that. Just be happy. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.